0: Hi, I'm Jeremy Kirk, Executive Editor with Information Security Media Group. Automobiles are becoming an increasing focus for cybersecurity as the industry embraces connectivity and cloud services. I'm speaking today with Itai Mayor, who's Chief Security Officer at Insights. Thank you for joining me, Itai. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. So Insights recently published a report that highlighted areas of concern in vehicle cybersecurity. Can you describe for me some of the attack surfaces that researchers are worried about?
1: Sure. Um, so actually, when, when it comes to cars, I think it's, a, it's an interesting attack vector that we see there. It's an interesting platform to attack because as opposed to, you know, your classic targets uh, being uh, computers and servers today, the attacker in this case may have actual physical security, physical access to or physical proximity to the uh, devices they're attacking, which is very different from what you have when you're trying to attack a remote server. So the attacks that we, we see on these types of systems on these uh, on, on automobiles can be based in, on proximity can be based on uh, vulnerabilities uh, that lie within these systems. Another another thing that I think it's, is interesting about attacks that are potential attacks on automotive is the fact that there's not one single computer there, right? Um, I'm not sure if everybody's familiar with this, but com- you know cars today have over a dozen computers within them. And you know, in a lot of them the in the design stages, security was not the first and foremost concern. And so you have vulnerable systems, potentially vulnerable systems, which are can be accessed uh, almost physically accessed by the attackers, which makes for uh, an interesting mix.
0: Yes, and all those computers are communicating with each other and they're using the CAN protocol, which a lot of people have pointed out was designed a long time ago and doesn't have encryption. So that means there's possible attacks such as men in the middle attacks. Do you know are there efforts around securing that CAN protocol communication underway? Right.
1: So these the uh the CAN bus and, and the, the messages that are being sent are not encrypted, but and i'm i'm not actually familiar with any efforts of encrypting these communications i know that there have been some discussions around this but we also have to keep in mind uh with encryption comes uh other responsibilities and things that happen for example when you encrypt communication you start to you have to start dealing with uh, uh how long it takes you to encrypt and decrypt the message what happens in in, in, in with latency some of these systems in in cars you know, you may not want to have any latency between the messages that are being sent between the systems. So while encryption can help you prevent or 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 lower the probability for a man-in-the-middle attack, uh, it does come with its own set of of I would say not problems, but with uh, things that have you have to take into to account.
0: Yes, and Insight did a lot of investigation into ha- car hacking forums on the web, on the dark web, which I found really interesting. And there's just a whole wealth of information of, of different types of attack vectors and methods. What did you think are some of the most surprising findings from that? Uh,
1: I, I actually was surprised with how many uh, underground forums are actually dedicated and talking about these, these issues. You know, you would think that you're going to these dark web forums and all you see uh is viruses malware you know bitcoin mining and so on and there's actually a lot of discussions around how to physically break into a car i remember specifically a german forum that we were looking into and the question was as blunt as it could be somebody was posting i want to break into this specific car that i'm of uh, uh suv how do I do it without breaking the windows? And, you know, in these underground communities, sharing information, sharing and contribution is key. And you see a whole discussion there around, okay, what you need to do is one option. You can try and obtain uh, tools that are used by the technicians. Here's a guy who sells, you know, these these tools that he creates that imitate what the technician tool is like. They'll help you jumpstart the cars. You want to get in? Here are some uh, radio frequency tools that can help you you know, capture the uh, key fob signal. So when the person leaves, leaves the um, leaves the car, you can either capture when they try to open it later, or when they try to lock it, you can actually block that signal and then get in and using that that techni- tech- technician's tool will allow you to jump start the car. So there's a lot of discussions around. How do you actually physically break into the car without compromising the car itself so later you know they could sell it or use it or, or do whatever they want?
0: So essentially, it's an authentication problem. They're spoofing the authentication required to get into the car, which is very similar to the problems that we're kind of seeing in the uh, just sort of traditional kind of computer security world. Do you think that'll be solved with vehicles? Uh, well, the authentication problem, I can already see parts of it being uh, starting to be acknowledged and solved. I'll
1: also tell you, I know a lot of these car manufacturers are in fact employing uh, security professionals today, very good security professionals, ranging from people who deal with um, mechanical issues to people who actually deal with reverse engineering of the of, of the software and making sure that it is secure by nature. But regarding the authentication process, for example, once I, I saw these, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to recreate this on my own car. And I actually bought a radio frequency tool and I was able to open my car using that tool. But the second time that I tried, the car locked down on me for 20 minutes. I couldn't approach it for 20 minutes. I'm guessing that what happened there is they said, okay, you tried to open the car using a specific frequency, and they probably jumped to a different frequency. If they see the same frequency again, they say, okay, somebody's trying to to manipulate it here, and they, my car just locked down for like 20 minutes. So I can already see that uh, they're being... Uh, some of these issues are being acknowledged and taken care of.
0: I was going to say, isn't it too late at that point if they've already let you in once? Uh, y- yes, I agree. But, you know, at least at least they're,
1: they're doing something right now uh, about it. And, you know, that was just my specific card that I, I managed. Maybe other cards have other solutions are, that are in place that will not even allow you uh, the first one. I also like the fact that car manufacturers today are allowing users to have apps that allow them to follow a car, see the conditions, see what happens. You know, I get a notification every time my car is, uh, every time the engine starts. So, you know, if somebody's trying to start the engine, there's a whole other set of problems with that, right? Because if somebody hacks the app, I'm going to be in big trouble. But, uh, you know, it gives, at least gives uh, users uh, some more options as to how much they want to monitor uh, their own systems and their own
0: cars. Yes, absolutely. And there was another really interesting finding in the report was the potential for attacks against the tire pressure management system, which the U.S. government mandated that vehicles have starting uh, about 11 years ago. How does an attack against TPMS work and what implications does it have?
1: So the, there are all kinds of proof of concept uh, attacks already against uh, TPMS systems. Of course, you know the, ver- the very first thing you think of when you think about a TPMS uh, attack is somebody who can play with, with the monitoring of tire pressure and let the car know that the tire pressure is zero, for example. Now, that may create some problems for the driver at that point because if the tire goes to zero, you're going to start getting all kinds of warnings. Uh, you know, may probably when you're driving, you may start looking for problems that are not there. But I think the bigger issue there, and that's something that I like to also talk to people when I show all kinds of attacks, for example, if I can get to your home thermostat. And some people would say, so what? So you change the temperature, you know, you're annoying me, but you're not really causing an issue. What we have to keep in mind, that's a foot in the door to get into the system. Because in the TPMS example, the TPMS actually communicates with the main computer, the main uh, onboard computer, which means that if I can get in there through through the TPMS, I can get into other systems. And so referring to your question before about uh, encryption, Maybe we don't need to start with, with encryption. Maybe we need to start with more around compartmentalization of, of of different units and making sure that they don't communicate out messages that they shouldn't, or even fire different firewalls in different systems to make sure that you know there's certain communication that that should not be allowed between different components. I mean, we experienced this in in the computer world, um, and the car is not going to be any different. I'm pretty sure that in the future. We'll also start seeing very early stages of like anomaly detection or looking at packets and making sure that they're not carrying stuff that we don't want to be to different components.
0: Yes, absolutely. And one of the things that strikes me about vehicles that's really different from sort of desktop computing is that there are a variety of things that people can do to protect themselves on their own computers. You know, they can run security software, they can run other tools, they can adhere to best practices. Is there anything that consumers can do to protect their vehicles, or is car cybersecurity gonna be something that's just largely in the hands of the manufacturers?
1: At this point, it's almost in the hand of the manufacturers because uh, you pointed out the difference, and and that is with cars we don't actually have access to the computers, right? Uh, we only have access to the car, and we don't have access to the internal system. So there's not much we can do. We can't install new security software, uh, and also with cars, you know, you want uh, you probably don't want to install your own stuff or do any playing around because you don't want to get a blue screen of death on a computer system, right? Well, while you're driving, <laughs> yes. have some pro- cause some problems. So I don't think it's really a lot of things that uh, uh, people, uh, you know, consumers can do at this point. But what we can do is number one, be aware. You know, be aware that there's a lot of different computers that there's stuff that maybe that maybe potentially uh, uh, can happen to them. We don't see a lot of these uh, attacks against the car. What we saw in the forums today are mostly around you know stealing and profiting it off it, not really attacking and making the car crash and all that stuff. But be aware of these, you know, t- ask ask about these things when you buy a car, maybe look into uh, 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 the systems that they have. There's also very basic security practices that manufacturers and then uh, uh, consumers need to avoid. For example, I remember that I want to say almost two or three years ago, one manufacturer was sending updates to the software system to its buyers uh, with a USB in the mail. And, you know, that's kind of like, hey if i put in my usb in there and put other stuff that will update your core system i know i can compromise the car in various ways so there's also basic security practices that we need to make sure that this industry you know acknowledges and adapts to because they have computers inside the cars, and it's not just a mechanical.
0: Thing. I don't want to receive patches via the post. <laughs> me neither. And definitely not on a USB, right? When the security <laughs> industry we constantly talk about, hey, beware of picking up a USB and sticking it in your computer. I would also be aware of sticking that into the car. <laughs> exactly the wrong thing. Well, thank you very much for those insights and joining me, Itai. Thank you for having me. Great talking to you. I've been speaking with Itai Mayor, who's Chief Security Officer at Insights. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk.